What did we just watch, Amy? We just watched Anna and the Apocalypse, the musical zombie Christmas movie. movie. Christmas movie. That was the third. <laughs> so it's October. Yes, spooky month. Kevin is giving me lists of quote unquote spooky movies. Mm-hmm. So this was on the spooky list, and I I said sarcastically, but this is a Christmas movie. Yeah. And he almost took it off the list. I was about to, but... But it's the old nightmare before Christmas yeah. problem. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it a Halloween, Halloween movie. movie? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. We think too labels, much in binaries. Labels are made up and they don't matter. But we watched it for Spooky Month because it definitely qualifies as a spooky movie regardless of season. So you know what's really funny? What's really funny? I don't like zombie I, movies. I know. We've watched so many zombie movies on this podcast, despite this the fact like, like the every time it happens, fifth. I'm like, Amy's not going to pick this one. It's a zombie movie. Amy doesn't like zombie movies. Like, maybe I'll like this, this one, one handling zombies m- more. Um, maybe this time. Because, well, Shot of the Dead is like breaking a sure. genre, so I feel sure. like I need to see that. Um I mean, once I can find one cut of the dead, we're probably going to watch that, which is another zombie movie that is... One cut of the dead? Yes. It's a... I want to say Japanese, but it might be Korean and it might be somewhere else. I can't remember. Zombie film. Um, That is very popular for reasons. I don't know. But everyone's like, if you want to watch a zombie movie, watch that one. So yeah, we watch a lot of zombie movies for a podcast that ostensibly doesn't really care for zombie movies. Yeah. Yeah, this has to we be watched a movie last week. That's what I was going to say. It's funny. <laughs> this is our second weekend in a row that we watched a musical zombie movie going to high school. Yeah, it's a broader genre than you'd expect. <laughs> so I thought that that would be an interesting uh, compare and contrast. Yes. I would, I, as, I would say that's true. Yeah, this, as, is, this uh, is an interesting double feature. They're very different yeah. stylistically. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Uh, so this is Anna and the Apocalypse, and this is our first take spoilers. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, there's zombies. So you can imagine how the film is going to go. But, yeah, you're you're probably um, right. You're probably right. But this is, uh, you know, uh, this is off topic. Okay. About Anna and the Apocalypse. But <laughs> I realize that we we might be doing something wrong in this podcast. What's that? Is we're just talking about our first impressions of a film without, like, researching it or uh-huh. anything. But we're so into the death of the author, and there's no text outside of context. Yes. And... But no, so there's no text outside of context doesn't mean you have to have all the context. It means the context that you experience it in is the context of the film. Fair enough. That's... Well, and we bring, we bring the context of... All oh, yeah. of the knowledge we've accumulated. Yeah, that is our context that we bring to the film, and that makes it a different film because of our context. Well, and I guess you have to have first impressions of things and and note them. Yeah, and then you do more research, and this is this is the process for it, like actual criticism. Yeah, uh, performance criticism, film criticism. Yeah, one of the things I like um, your movie sucks dot net dot org. I don't remember dot com is a um, movie critic. I- I've watched a few of them with you. He's got sort of that monotone voice. Yeah, and he has a really weird picture. That he, he does. He uses he, as his his. I don't know face. what the, the, It's like a boingy cut Yeah, he uses but... it to indicate emotion. Yeah. <laughs> and sort of mostly like displeasure. Yeah. Um, but he's a really good film critic that um, I respect in a lot of ways. I don't agree with him on lots of things, but that's okay. Uh, we do agree that Synecdoche, New York is one of the best films ever made. 
hands down. But um, he always talks about, like, he doesn't review a movie without seeing it two or three times minimum. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I really appreciate from a movie criticism standpoint, mm-hmm. because that you have to engage with it to give a strong criticism in that sort of a way. We're not doing that at all. We're giving first impressions. We're very clear about that. We could be wrong. We could have our minds changed. Um, we could come back to a movie months later and go, oh, actually, this was better than we thought. Or actually, this was way worse than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it wasn't built, built for theater criticism, yeah. because I couldn't go see a show and then write up a review yeah. that night. Because I wanted you want to You want to do it, it more and more. In... Multiple times. For those who don't know... Death of the Author, text outside of context. Uh, we're of the belief that a text, and we read a film. As a text. As a Everything's text, a text. Everything's a text. Uh, it does not exist in a vacuum of its own mm-hmm. meaning. And when, certainly not the meaning that was created by right. any sort of authorial intent. The authorial intent is probably going to tell you more about the context mm-hmm. and and the socio-political, cultural mm-hmm. environment they come out of, but it does not, it's not the end-all, be-all Yes, it is certainly not, there's, there's not, um, the TV Tropes wiki, I think, is always really funny. It calls it the word of God, <laughs> um, where there is, like, let's say a fan theory that um, exists about a piece of media. Uh, I'm going to say... Um, a one which from a YouTube video we just watched. A fan theory is that uh, Chewbacca doesn't speak the common language of Star Wars, or nor does he understand it. He just makes noises all the time, and everybody yeah. understands him, but he has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's a fan theory, and that could be confirmed, quote unquote, in canon. If George Lucas was like, no, he actually does speak basic, and or he understands it. Um, and that would be a word of God and putting the value of what the author believes over the value of what's in the text. Yes. Um, whereas I'm very much of the opinion that if the author wanted us to think that, it would be in the text. <laughs> this is one of the problems leading up to J.K. Rowling's turfdom. Yes. Is she kept she inserting just, oh. things. Oh, I meant that Dumbledore was gay. Yeah, and, I just didn't put it in the great. text. Yeah. Like, I'm totally for that. It's just not in the the text. Yeah, it's not in the text. Uh, and when she had the chance to do it in the Crimes of Grindelwald, she didn't do it then either. <laughs> so and those that that's this seems to be a kind of a linear line that then yeah oh I, yeah I'm I'm reading it backwards. Yes, no, I can to... I can absolutely read her turfdom oh. backwards into the text. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's a tangent. That's nothing yeah, about. That's a fun tangent. And, uh, and on the apocalypse. And the apocalypse, death of the author. So yes, we we bring our context to the film, and the film is different because of that. And that's true of every film. And we've only seen it one time. Yeah. So I'm sure if I go back to listen to some of these, I'm gonna go. Oh, I totally. That was totally wrong. I totally missed. Oh yeah, I'm the, sure. <laughs> the boat on that one. It <laughs> <laughs> was the wrong interpretation. Yes, so do not take us as gospel. Watch films, make up your own minds, watch them multiple times, do the work yourself. This is literally just a first impression. So, what was your first impression of Anna and the Apocalypse? Uh, well, so the the basic they're in Scotland. They're in Scotland, uh, somewhere in in Scotland, in a small many of them are Scottish town. Not all of them had. Um, well, one of them was explicitly American. American. Anna didn't really have a Scottish accent. No. Uh, our, and our cat is currently rubbing on the microphone. Yeah. So. so if you're into ASMR, uh, good news. 
and they're in high school and it's Christmassy time. It's Christmassy time and and regular high school drama is occurring. Yeah. Um, who likes who? Who's What are your plans after you you graduate? Mm And his father works at the school. I think is a janitor or some sort of fix-it person. He's he's like a maintenance man. Yeah. And he gets called a janitor a lot, which is not his job. Yeah. And there's a really jerk headmaster. Yeah, I called him. Whose um, whose character name is Savage. So I was a little like. Yeah, I called him uh, Vice Principal Grumpy Beard. Uh, That's good. Because I didn't catch his actual name. <laughs> so, uh, I just, I just Beard. saw in the end credits. Yeah. Um, yeah. With musical numbers. With musical numbers. With musical numbers um, that I would say are in, in pulling the plot forward, expressing. I would not say okay, that. character <laughs> emotions. I was watching this and I was thinking, you know, I've been watching so many jukebox musicals mm-hmm. on tv glee mm-hmm. zoe's extraordinary playlist mm-hmm. i kind of forget what it's like when music lyrics drive a, drive a story. story yeah because the actors are so used to acting through the song mm-hmm. to convey kind of the character development mm-hmm. or plot development that yeah they want to convey yeah there was very and little I am of that too in this tired thing. i was that was my biggest disappointment was like these were all original songs i will like they were written for this production and they were catchy yeah they were fine yeah they weren't bad songs the choruses were catchy that but yeah. it was mostly just chorus it yeah. wasn't um yeah, we were humming the no hollywood ending <laughs> after we watched the movie yeah um because they were catchy and they were they were poppy and none of that is bad but they felt so disconnected from the story and the characters that I was really disappointed with it because I was comparing it in my mind to something like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode, which is a high point, which is like, I don't know if they were the first to do a musical episode, but they were definitely a trendsetter. The first I was ever aware. Yeah. And that episode, that 45 minute episode does such a great job of using music as part of the story and they're aware that yeah. their music, they're singing, and they don't mean to be, but that's fine. Like, that's part of the story of the episode. That so many of the best, like, stage musicals do, that this just fell flat on for me. Yeah, it was about as complex as Zombies, the Disney Channel yeah. movie. The character of development and the level of song. Yeah. Creation. They were about the same level of quality. Uh, of development. Yeah. Which is not to say there wasn't any, but it was just, it felt disconnected. Like, every time I started singing... I was like, oh yeah, this is a musical, I it forgot. It felt like a different movie. It didn't feel like it, and not in the sort of like, oh, unexpected juxtaposition that can be funny. Because it wasn't deliberate enough to be like that separated from it. It was meant to be like these, I think, these songs represent the inner life of these characters. Mm-hmm. But... The songs didn't have any arc to them at all. And so each time it's like, we're going to stop for three minutes for this character to just express their emotion. And almost all the songs were solos, and they did not show us anything new or different about the characters. That these are all true things. And those disappointed me, because I have 
very high standards for musicals. I'm someone who, you know, loves Stephen Sondheim and and lots of other Broadway musicals. But so I I have a high bar when it comes to those. And lots of musicals do that. The thing where it's just we're gonna have we're gonna stop and we're gonna listen to this person sing their emotions for three minutes. Yeah. Um, but good musicals have an arc to the story. They tell the story in the song. Um, the musical doesn't work as well without. Yes. D- depending on how many, like Les Mis is almost all song. Yeah. Well, Les Mis but... and Hamilton are completely sung through yeah. just about, um, which puts them in sort of a different space. But the music in both of those enhances the story. Hmm. Um, the story of Alexander Hamilton is very different because it is put to music and the types of music that it has done. So that is all enhancing what we're experiencing in a way that I feel like the music in this doesn't. Um, And I really expected, this is expectations versus reality. I really expected songs to show up in different places than when they did, because they almost showed up in sort of like breaks in the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking like, oh, how cool would it be to have like a zombie fight song? Well, they tried. And they tried. They did towards the end. And no, it didn't, no, no, not well, the tw- Nick song. Of, well, yeah. Um, but that didn't convey the story. But again, it was it was a zombie fight song that was just confirming what we know. Yeah. Um, And the zombies weren't dancing or singing. I would have liked the zombies to have danced or sing. Yeah, that's we need a little thriller. <laughs> yeah action um i really hope i hit the record button okay i did you had that moment of panic like oh no oh no oh no so my first impression of Mm -hmm. it too was this is we often watch movies on saturday which Mm -hmm. is probably my tiredest day of the week so i'm always (laughs) iffy about any analysis i give because i'm tired yeah uh, I was especially tired yesterday, and I was enjoying the first 30 minutes until the zombie showed yeah, up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was a better movie before the zombie showed up. And then I was like, and then I was bored. I was yeah. bored by the end. Yeah. Um, and so I never know if it's just because I'm tired or I don't really like zombie movies. You don't uh, really like zombie movies. Yeah. <laughs> or proven again and again. <laughs> I liked the only zombie thing that I've like really enjoyed mm-hmm. is I Zombie, the TV yeah. show, and that was because the zombies didn't act like zombies. I yeah. think, yeah, and I, you know, it you added get a lot of nuance and complexity to the zombies for them. Yeah, I wanted them to be happy and yeah. as close to human as possible. So, like zombies, the zombies and cheerleader movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just humans. Yeah, yeah, the Disney movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's, we've, we, because I feel like we watch, the zombie movies we watch tend to be zombies, but, mm-hmm. um, zombies, but it's on a train, zombies, but it's written by Edgar Wright and directed by Edgar Wright, who's one of the best directors on the planet, mm-hmm. zombies, but it's a Disney movie, zombies, but they're singing, and so far, none of those have really managed to go beyond being a zombie movie, like, I feel like they've almost always been stuck still being zombie movies um which is something that we're not super excited about in general. <laughs> um we're gonna have to watch maybe not this spooky month maybe next spooky month uh night of the living dead just to to 
see it. I know Amy made a face. I I saw it in college. So okay. I think feel like maybe that counts. Okay. I don't really maybe remember. we won't. I I certainly have a much broader view of the world. Yeah. Now I would probably understand the metaphor more. I mean, so, I haven't yeah, seen okay. it since college, but I mean, again, next spooky I mean, we month. We got it. a year between now and the next spooky no, month. No, we don't have to wait till spooky month to watch the spooky movies. Oh, okay. We watch scary movies. That's true. <laughs> we watched that Thanksgiving one last time. That was for November. Yeah. yeah, for Thanksgiving. Not spooky month. Not spooky month. So that was, um, yeah, that was my first impression mm-hmm. of it. Um. I think so that when the movie did do interesting things, I think it was better than it could have been. Um, I th- I'm thinking of the the first the more the wake up and the zombie apocalypse has happened song. Um, where really, Anna, like live. Wait, I have I have some of the uh, the characters. Anna and the not boyfriend are his like. His name is John. I think you're right. It's turning my life around. Is that the one where they're like... It's a brand new day and a yeah. miles away. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Um, and they're all excited. Then they're like, everybody's dying here to tell yeah. me how to live. But I'm not listening. I got so much to give. Mm-hmm. There's more to give. And yeah. they're doing... Uh, they're walking to school. It was a scene very reminiscent of Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Where they're so into themselves mm-hmm. and their thoughts... That they're walking through the zombie apocalypse. And they don't even notice And it. they don't know it. And, and, and I was kind of annoyed because I was like, Shaun of the Dead is Shaun better. of the Dead. <laughs> you didn't do a new thing with it. You just put music on it. So, um, however, that song too, so it starts with Anna getting out of bed, mm-hmm. getting ready for school, and getting out of her house, walking down the sidewalk, um, and cutting to John also yes. doing that was also reminiscent of zombies the cheerleading disney channel movie yes and their first song (laughs) like eerily yeah it was was weird how beats i mean and on the apocalypse was a 2017 release and zombies was a 2018 okay release so and and it is who's copying yeah it's not about that because they could have been come up completely independently and it was still kind of samey because again I mean, with the the obliviousness, I think Shaun of the Dead did so much better the first time. A, because they did it in a single shot. B, because they set it up and then paid off with it. Of You see Shaun make that trip to the grocery store, or to the, the convenience store, and then back. And then you see him do it again, and we have the same beats, but mm-hmm. juxtaposed with zombies, makes the joke land in a better way. Well, that's also a very, like, Edgar Wright storytelling. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely um, how he does it. Technique. He, he tells you what he's going to do, and then he does it again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the there's two things going on around that song, and one is that the two characters are walking through the zombie apocalypse in their own heads, and the other thing is the song is about being alive. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new day. Um, they they repeat what a time to be alive a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, and so it's get it it's get made it to be ironic. Yeah. Um, and that's not enough to carry the song, but I like that they tried something with that. Whereas so many of the other songs were like, this is exactly how I'm feeling with no nuance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like VP Grumpy Beard's song, 
was so not interesting to me. Like, it's meant to be like, oh, this hard rock, like he's angry and evil and violent. But like that's it it matched exactly who he's been this entire time. He just gets a song There's to sing about it now. Nothing new. Yeah. Nothing surprising. There was no growth for that character. He doesn't have an arc over the course of the film. He starts off as the guy who would kill everybody else to survive a zombie apocalypse and ends up doing that. that. <laughs> Although he doesn't kill everyone else to survive it. He kills them out of spite because they want to leave yes. the school where they've barricaded themselves. But that's not different than who he was at the beginning. There's no change. No. No. And really that's true. I think most of the characters, there's very little change over the course of this film. Um, which it doesn't have to be, but it's stronger storytelling if there is. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're trying to do something where you're showing no change happening, or you're trying to show stagnant, stagnant experiences. But Sean from Shaun of the Dead changes more <laughs> in Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. over the course of his zombie experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Although each time one of the characters died, I was sad. Yeah. I was, I... Well, yeah, I they, they accomplished that. They, yeah. they, the characters were well acted. I think they brought a lot yeah. to them. Um, was it Janice the Blonde? Her name was Steph. Steph. That was close to Janice. Um, I think Steph did a lot of really interesting things with a character that was given very little to do. Mm-hmm. She's um, the American. And very little personality in the text of the script. I think she brought a lot to that um, that made her story more interesting. But again, very little change from beginning to end. She's sad because her family's gone, left her to go to Mexico for Christmas. And at the end... She's sad because everyone, just about everyone's dead in yeah. the zombie apocalypse. And all the fighting of the zombies is a little traumatic. Yeah. But like she's still the same person. Like, we don't see it. It's, it also takes place over a relatively short period of time, which is not bad, but I think can become an excuse to not make your characters change much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, Felicity. She's back. She uh, let's talk about I, something I think that was interesting, and again, unexpected, was the amount of gore in the film, and, and gore in a, in, in a cartoony sense. sort of way. Like, a snowman with a person inside of it gets decapitated and it like violently fountains blood. (laughs) Well, and the way the head, the head kind of pops off of the body. Yeah. Like you might pop off a doll head. Yeah. That kind of direction. (laughs) Which is, which is comically violent. And, and I think intentionally so like it's meant to be over the top. Mm -hmm. It's weird how that doesn't work though. I feel like, in comparison to the relatively dramatic stakes that the movie is trying to put forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that, that that works. It feels jarring and not, like, of a part of the world. Because it's less comedy when they get to the zombie part? I'm trying to think of... Um, well, because the movie's not a comedy. No. It has jokes. It's a zombie movie that has the occasional joke. But for that to work, I think the jokes need to be very much based in, like, character and the reality of the situation. When the joke breaks the reality of the situation, it's less funny and more, like, immersion breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. And so the over-the-top violence 
didn't feel a piece of the same world in the same way that like not the same way because like musicals are over the top in general like people mm-hmm. burst into song and music comes from nowhere and we're just more used to that but still often dealing with very serious subject mm-hmm. matter yeah um and the goal with a musical is to to not downplay the disc the discrepancy or the the dissimilarity between reality and people bursting into song but to make them feel the same and i don't think the violence felt a part of the rest of the movie well that makes sense because the musical numbers also yes in this case the musical numbers also each time one popped up i was surprised and had to go oh yeah oh yeah this is a musical musical. i was told this before i watched the movie which Mm -hmm. is how i know it was a musical yeah, I did look up the the songwriters for this. Were both like Scottish indie singer songwriters, which felt true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you had told me a few, pair of Scottish indie singer songwriters had written all of this music, I would have go, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Because um, it was a lot of solos, a lot of ballady stuff, um, very little use of the cast's strengths or various musical styles. Um, each song felt very much a piece of the same one. Well, in listening to it too, it seemed to me that there was a very limited note range. They were using, uh, basically the trouble club stuff. <laughs> okay. I'll and take your bit, word at that. A little bit lower I don't know for the, the men, but they weren't going, um, at least for the women any higher or lower than what's already <laughs> in the kind of middle C to um, like an E okay. above middle C. Uh, and it was a lot of, I can picture it. It's uh, <laughs> the same kind of note patterns okay. um, over and over again within a song. Mm-hmm. So very easy to sing. Okay. I believe you. Because <laughs> I, I don't know anything about music, so I have to take your word. Uh, I yeah. think. No, I think no, that's 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 fair. And I, I should I'm, yeah. also clarify. I would, I'm I'm not disparaging the film or the creators because I would I would definitely be interested to see in so, what their next work. Yeah, would yeah. Be. If this crew got together and did something else, I would be interested um, in it. and see how it develops because mm-hmm. it, there are some really really great ideas. Yes. There. Yeah, and more things should be musicals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's yeah. see what happens. Although I th- the one of the screenwriters has passed away. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. So, yeah, that was they had a little card at the end. That's I, I saw that. I didn't realize who that was. One of the screenwriters. No. Um, I thought the sexy Santa song was very funny. Yeah, there was a lot of innuendo, which in the sexy Santa song. It's always an interesting choice in a musical when you have someone sing in character. Mm-hmm. As and or perform in, in the world in the world of the musical, as opposed to in the sort of heightened fantasy experience that a that a musical becomes when people start singing and the zombies start dancing in the background. Although I don't think the zombies ever dance in the background, but that sort of like when did they rehearse this sort of moment? Like, oh no, here's a song they actually did rehearse and like is part of the fabric. And of they the told universe. us they rehearsed it. Yes. That was part of the, um, the story. I thought it was a fun song. It it made me giggle. Yeah, but it was in within the first thirty minutes yes. before the zombies. <laughs> before the zombies showed up. Because the joke was they were having a school Christmas show yeah. and the headmaster had worked so hard to get it as good as possible. And certainly there was nothing 
going to be nothing risque. No. And it, and she had been practicing in front of him a whole different song the whole uh-huh. week and sang her own um sexy Santa sexy song. Sexy Santa explicit yeah. like oh, yeah. more than just like Santa baby the song. Yeah. <laughs> no, like very explicit. <laughs> the um male dancers in the background and they're kind of like tripping nails yes. Santa suit. <laughs> But again, in, in that in first, first 30, 30 minutes. minutes where it was kind of more just a high school yeah. film. And I think the songs in the first 30 minutes felt better. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I just hadn't gotten tired of them yet. But the, the I Want song that the sort of three characters sing, which I think is the first song in the musical, may not be, is real strong. I thought that was a good I Want song, which mm-hmm. is every musical has an I Want song in the beginning, it feels like. Um the sexy santa was pretty good the um and then i think the song for the the first day of or going back to school song was was one of the better ones uh in that space and i think they definitely did not get better from there and the no such thing as a hollywood ending which happens oh yeah yeah minutes, had one of the biggest kind of ensemble dance mm-hmm. parts it's a very repetitive melody yes in in the song and then they pull it at the, there's a reprise at the end mm-hmm. um over the action they're not singing yeah it, as the characters are not singing but everyone's but, the movie's ending but it's it's making a little point there mm-hmm. that there's no such thing as a hollywood ending and there's three people left out of the original yeah. ensemble ensemble of like 10 people and they don't know where they're going or what's happening next so like they're it's not kind getting of a hollywood happy ever after no... sort of the military's not coming to save us. There's not a an end of this moment. All it's the just people sort of, they yeah. went to go save died in mm-hmm. the process. So I, I felt like they were trying to make a point. Lots of good ideas yeah. that, that were happening. Um, I agree. In there. Um, oh, I'm, I'm so tired of the trope of the best friend who's in love with you but you don't yeah. know it or don't reciprocate yeah because he's the guy next door yeah um, i'm just or it's the girl next or it's door. the girl next door it's not better it's, either way uh, yeah. it's it's the taylor swift song the one you're looking for or one of those early ones yeah I don't know, you know she wears high heels exactly. i wear sneakers it's that yeah. song and honestly like that's the pinnacle of the story like of that arc of that story any one version of that can't beat Taylor Swift's song, which is not like an overwhelming praise of Taylor Swift's song. I think she's got a lot of better music, but like anything that's doing that that doesn't do anything new or interesting with it is just boring. It is, but we've also been having a conversation recently of how boring heteronormative monogamous tropes are. Yes, in, films, in a lot of media. how limiting that can be. <laughs> yes. In- and this is, I think, one of the most limiting, most boring ones. Um, and, like, gets resolved, sort of, but in not an interesting way. Or she's like, I don't like you that way. And then he dies from a zombie bite. Not, like, immediately after, but in general. Well, and then he <laughs> sacrifices himself to, to get save her, her out. yeah. Which, eh, fine. Yeah. I want, the one song that i did get some feels for yeah during the zombie part was when they're in 
the bowling alley. The human voice song? Human voice. Oh, really? And here's why. Okay. Um, only because I had... Uh, I've been coming up with metaphors lately to explain my coping mechanisms for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because... There's a pandemic on. We got to cope. What else? <laughs> what else can I do? How yeah. else can I describe that? And they're um, singing about communicating. They're, they're doing it. I don't. They're singing in the bowling alley, but they're cutting into shots of like all the places that the um, their families and friends are stranded mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. different places, and so they're singing about kind of how they're gonna get to. They're people, them. yeah. Because um, it's the beginning of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to stay put. They want to go yeah. check on their family and friends. Yeah. And I did get the feels during that one where they were talking about communicating. Oh, that's, was... that's really interesting to me because I thought that was the, my least favorite song. That's that's fair. <laughs> I, think I was it's... just like, I'm so bored of this song. Like, it's not interesting. Well, but... I think because I, I think the only reason it was interesting to me is because I was like, this is another metaphor for how I feel during the yes. pandemic. Like, <laughs> I am literally stranded mm-hmm. from my loved ones. Mm-hmm. We don't have zombies in between of us. And I'm not going to say that the coronavirus is equivalent <laughs> to having zombies between. No. It's but a, it's that, a useful metaphor. It's not that bad. Yet. Zombies work best Lock when they're metaphors. <laughs> zombies work well when they're metaphors, and it's a good metaphor. And that's how they're my, like... Yeah, we can't go outside. There's a there's a zombies. We can't go visit our loved ones or yeah. our friends because we are um, in self isolating. Yeah, we're not For in the safety. apocalypse yet. We're still <laughs> moving toward. We're in the be- yeah. We're in the beginning, marching. Yeah, we're still in the first act of the movie. That part, like in every zombie movie, where you hear like the little the radio, news report, the news report on the TV or the radio, and they're like, "Hmm, we think this flu strain might be a little bit more serious than yeah. originally," and they just click it off. Yeah, we're in that. Which again, Shaun of the Dead made into a really good joke mm-hmm. with him flipping channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was a real good use of that. Yeah, that was a good use of that. Um, every other zombie movie just plays is just... it straight. Just yep, cool. Cool. That's that's where we're. There's your dramatic irony. We are. Um, yeah, I think that's the only reason. No, that's I paid that's a fair. Yeah, paid attention. It was one of the few ensemble songs too, other than like Hollywood ending. And I guess the I Want song was was sort of. It wasn't like a true group number because they were all singing their own solos, but it was closer to an ensemble number. Um, and then so many of them were just like, this is who I am, the song, like Cats. It was like Cats in that, like, there was a story, but like a character comes in, sings a song about who they are, and that's their only song. Cats actually is a, is a more complicated lyrics <laughs> and pictures of the characters Well, yes, cats. structurally it is similar I to never... Cats. <laughs> I would think of cats that way. The musical. Oh no. Cats is ambitious. It's still Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. He's still writing. Yes. He still writes good music, good lyrics. Uh, And and Anna and the Pop Clips is is more on the poppy, not very deep lyric 
I mean, or, I, or I was reminded of like Dear Evan Hansen, which I don't speak highly of. I haven't listened to the soundtrack. Um, I think people will come fight. I know people. Oh, people will, come will, fight will you. be mad at me about that. No, everything you said about Evan Hansen is I probably would agree <laughs> with you. I just haven't listened to yeah. the music part of it. The Fair. ideas. I yeah, didn't the plot love was the plot's bad. <laughs> fight me, internet. Uh, yeah. The other thing, mm-hmm. another thing I wanted to, because we were just talking about, uh, you were talking about a sketch on something where every movie had to be uh, pitched as two movies together. Oh, yeah, no, so it's um, uh, The Player, which was a film directed by... Mike? Nope. No. M. It's on my shelf. Let me just pull it. DVD. The player, Rob, Richard, Robert, Robert Altman, Robert. Okay, <laughs> Robert Altman's um, Hollywood satire, The Player, um, which is a very good film. I don't think it's Altman's best, but I think it's very good, and it has a running joke um, where people are pitching movies to mm-hmm. people in Hollywood because that's the main character is a guy who green lights what movies get made and so people are pitching him and every single one is like pitched not as an original idea but like oh it's aliens meets when harry met sally <laughs> it's always two other movies that are successful and we combine them to make new movie um yes this felt very much a, a piece of that well, i'm pulling up their their poster and the big headline at the top is Shaun of the dead meets la la land yes yes like they literally said that and I get that watching the film. Yeah, no, I it it's not incorrect. Um, although uh, I think if I had seen this before watching it, I would have been a lot less excited because La La Land was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I never saw La La Land because of how much you disliked it. Not same creative teams, not connected at all. But that's that's yeah. th- that's the kind of the tag to to tell people very quickly what this what this movie is. Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. It's a zombie rom com musical, although very little rom com actually in it. It's no. a zombie movie with jokes. That's the Shaun of the Dead connection. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, Shaun of the Dead is Night of the Living Dead meets you know a breakup movie. <laughs> 500 days of summer i don't know yeah (laughs) we can just keep going yeah no new ideas just recombinations of things yeah but it's a cute it's cute it's It's not bad it's on hulu yeah that's where we watched it yeah it's it's a fun little movie i would be very interested to see what they would do as they grow and yeah and learn um, I think it's mostly unknown actors, and mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, getting yeah. to see... Um, Newer talent. Yeah, them doing their things. I do want to mention something else that I really appreciated about this film that I think most movies, zombie movies, don't do. Two parts. A, they said zombies. They just acknowledged, hey, these are zombies, we're going to have to deal with that. A lot of zombies are very afraid of doing that, um, which Shaun of the Dead makes fun of. We're not saying the Zed word. <laughs> Um, but also nobody hid that they got bit by a zombie. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, yep, these are zombies. Yep. I got bit. I'm dead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. 
which I appreciated because I'm also very tired of like the one guy who hides his zombie bite and it comes to ruin everybody's lives later uh, as a zombie trope. Yeah. So not having that happen was nice. Yeah. Maybe the lesson too is we don't watch I keep watching and being like, this, this one, time, this one, this time I'm going to like it. It won't matter that it has zombies. Yeah. Well, I'm not putting any zombies on the list next time. So for our next spooky month list. Speaking of our movie list, segue uh, to our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you have more to say, I feel like we were hitting no, a natural end point. That there. was, that was my end. Yeah. The end. Uh, speaking of movie lists, uh, every week, almost every week when we pick a movie, uh, I give Amy a list of four to five films, and she picks one she wants to watch from that uh, to reduce our collective decision paralysis of what to watch. And if you give us even just a dollar on Patreon, you can see what movies we didn't watch. Um, it can also be a preview of what movies we might be watching in the future. Um, Anna and the Pocket Lips has been on that list three or Several four times, times now. Because yeah. um, I was still interested in seeing it, so I kept throwing it on. Uh, so get an idea of the movies we didn't pick or might pick in the future. Uh, and get ahead of us. You can watch a movie before we talk about it. That'd be real cool. Um, but yeah, th- that's that's for anyone who supports us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, you also get super secret audio at the beginning and end of the episodes where I don't cut out the parts after I start recording and we start the show. So you can hear us talking to our cat, uh, which is very exciting. Not like we do that during no. the podcast. <laughs> We're very professional. Uh, yeah, Patreon is at patreon.com slash five degrees. You can find us there. Um, I'm also in the process of buying a domain name for us because we hit our first Patreon goal, which was $15 per episode. So if you want to help raise that number to $16 an episode or $30 an episode, give us a buck or two per episode. Um, or don't, we're always going to make the podcast free for everybody online. Um, and you can do it per episode or do a monthly cap. Yeah, so you can do per episode. And if you don't want to give us more than, you know, a certain number of dollars per month, you put a monthly cap on there, uh, which is cool. We totally get it. Um, every dollar helps. We appreciate it. It helps us um, pay for hosting and things like that. Um, did I miss anything on the Patreon? Well, I think that's it. But in 10 minutes when we stop this, you're going to tell me I am. what we forgot to I say. I am. I'm absolutely going to do that. Um, but I don't know what it is this time. It's a mystery. Uh, uncut episodes, secret list of movies. You won't hear it. Even if you're hearing the uncut episode, <laughs> you won't hear what we forgot to say. Um, technically, on the $10 an episode pledge tier, I say you might be able to give some input into the movies we watch. So uh, we actually have a $10 a month pledge. Hi, thank you for your pledge, Mary. We're appreciative. <laughs> um, I might have to let um, her put a movie on the list. I won't tell her which one you, her, she put on, though. So you won't know. Oh, it'll I won't know. <laughs> oh. If you pick it, it'll be a surprise. Well, I tried it. People have, have, have suggested things They have, which is why I put that as a, as a and, thing. Um, so we try to meet. Although I also say in the description, don't pick your favorite movie because we might not like it as much as you do <laughs> Fair enough. sorry a risk. i just i make that clear up front uh, most people have asked though or suggested something because they wanted to hear our take on yes it. which is a much better reason to suggest a movie for us um okay that's all the patreon stuff uh, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. That's a thing we're supposed to say. Tell your friends that you listen to these two people talk about movies for mm-hmm. far too long. 
Um, we are actually thinking about doing a non-movie episode in the near future. I won't tell you what, um, but we've got plans to talk about a piece of media that is not a film, because technically we don't limit ourselves to movies when we have these discussions. True. We just happened to do it uh, mostly during a pandemic, where that was our mm-hmm. only choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got a non-film discussion plan for the future we have to experience the media first though so we haven't done that maybe a couple if we do the one over there uh i don't oh, i don't know if that okay. would be too much either <laughs> performance we're getting it's experience everywhere yeah. everything's um, a performance all right i think i've rambled enough on the podcast stuff uh thanks for listening we do appreciate it uh we're not professional at all but we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us say good night amy <laughs> Good night, Amy.